Let's just bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, that we can just come into your house. And Lord, thank you for all your faithfulness this week as we have served you. And also, Lord, as you have ministered to us in so many ways, Lord, through your word and through song. And Lord, I just pray that this morning as we praise you, as we worship you, Lord, that it would be a reflection of all that you have done in our lives, all that you are continuing to do. And, Lord, that it would just be a sacrifice of praise from us to you. We are thankful, Lord, for your blood, for your body that was broken, Lord, that we can have eternal life in you. For your obedience to the Father, and, Lord, also I just pray that our obedience would reflect that in our obedience to you. We just praise you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Was grace that Say 
shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine, but God who called me here below will be forever mine, will be forever mine. You are forever song I had to think of Dwayne I don't know if that was exactly your testimony this week but that's kind of what I thought when I talked to you Wednesday or Tuesday night that this was exactly what Dwayne was um, saying to me is it's just the battle is the Lord's and he is just sitting if I'm, I'm sharing your testimony Dwayne but um, just in the way that wretch that I am what do I have that I would deserve the grace of God in my life, that he would fight that battle in the way he did for you, Duane. And um, Phil, would you just pray and just 
praising the Lord for what he has done for Dwayne. I guess I should say, for those of you that don't know, Dwayne was on, was, needed a liver. Five days he was on the, on the donor, four days, and they found such an absolute perfect match. That is not normal to be on there for four days and receive a liver, but in four days he found an absolute perfect match. Supposed to be in the hospital for 10 days, and you had surgery on Monday? Friday? Okay. Um, and so you ended up being there for a week, or seven or eight days, rather, rather than ten days, and it's just, it's been going really well. I mean, he's here this morning with a new lip. So praise the Lord so much. And Dwayne, we're just rejoicing with you. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Oh. We're just rejoicing that God has done such an amazing thing. That's Be thou 
I feel like we've said this many times here, but um, I want you guys all to know, I mean, if you have a praise or any testimony or anything during praise time, that's exactly what this is all about. It's about praising the Lord, not just in music, but in also in our testimonies of what God has done. This is the only opportunity to get here at this church um, is during praise time. But uh, just feel free, and I, I find it so encouraging as we sing and and bless the lord and as testimonies are shared i just find it so encouraging
to put music before and after these testimonies and what God is doing. So just want to make that a reminder to you all. If you have a testimony, feel free to share that or a prayer request, and we'd love to pray with you or pray for you. Oh, that's right. I always forget to have you all stand, so my, my wife always diligently reminds me of this. <laughs> Let's stand and sing, Fill My Cup, Lord. Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up and make me whole. Like the woman at the well I was seeking. back and you made it to and from a border with no problems. I mean, if Canada will let you in, they'll let anybody in, so. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I think my heart was just rejoicing with you guys, John. I mean, I, I know it's been years, and I know you failed to get across the border the last time you were up there, and just so glad that you guys could go there and visit family. And Yeah. Great are you, Lord.
Yeah, you mentioned, Tim, that we don't understand God's love. And this, great, and this next song is how deep the Father's love for us. And I think if we could even fathom a fraction of what God's love is for us, we don't deserve it. But yet his love for us is so unconditional and so deep. And I agree with that. I don't understand it either. None of us are worthy of it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy it because I get it. But um, as undeserving as I am, I'm going to bask in that, I guess. How deep the Father's love for us. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all
be seated. Children, come forward. You can hear me? Man, last Sunday we only had like four of you up here. Wasn't that what it was? Yeah. Something like that. We got Or five of you. Now we got like almost ten. Okay. We're going to do like two songs because I got long-winded other places this morning. So you're going to have to shorten children's lesson, huh? Okay. Can we do um, Wrapped Up, Tied Up? You want to do that one? Okay. Kive. Or... No, it's D. Mm, I think we're going to do wrapped up, tied up first. Can you? Are you ready? Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up. Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up. Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in God. I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus. I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus. I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus. I'm inside, outside, side to side. Inside, outside, side to side. Inside, outside, side to side in God. I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus. I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus. I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus. I'm upright, downright, living right. Upright, downright, living right. Upright, downright, living right in God. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. I'm inside. Outside, side to side in Jesus, I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up, inside, outside, side to side, upright, downright, living right in God. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus. I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up. Inside, outside, side to side, up, right, down, right, living right in God. Woo! I'm going to have to find something more challenging for you all because you're conquering everything too easy. He's more into that one? Dominic, did you get that one? Did you got every part of it? Was it perfect? Okay. 
All right, let's do Cast Your Burdens Yet. That's one's A. Cast your burdens onto Jesus, for He cares for you. Cast your burdens onto Jesus, for He cares for you. Higher, higher, lift up Jesus, higher, 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 lower, 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 Satan, lower, 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 Satan, lower, 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 Satan, lower, lower, lower. Satan, lower, lower, cast your burdens onto Jesus, for He cares for you. Cast your burdens onto Jesus, for He cares for you. Higher, higher, lift up Jesus, higher, 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 lift up Jesus, higher, 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 higher. Okay. What? You're not tired of it? Do you know the keys now? A D E. Cast your burdens onto Jesus, for He cares for you. Cast your burdens onto Jesus, for He cares for you. Higher, higher, lift up Jesus. Good job. Well, I didn't sing the whole song again. The most important part is the higher, higher, not the lower, 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 lower. All right. Elise got a lesson for you guys. You guys, you want them to sit up here? Why don't you sit on the edge here? Hello, hello. Can you hear me? All right. So... Have you heard the word love before? Because we talk about love many, many times. Do you even know what that means? So what is love? Any definition from love over here? What is love? Love, love. When you love each other. Okay, when you love each other. When you love each other, that's true. When you like somebody too. That is love too. That is love. Did you know that, um, well, there are different, many ways of showing love. Like, for instance, changing a diaper. One time when Denzel was a little, you know, little, well, this little, I woke up in the middle of the night to change his diaper. Again, the next morning, Christy was like, I, I'm missing one of his socks. Where is the other sock? And I'm like, I don't know. And then when she went to change his diaper, the sock was inside the diaper. I, I don't know how that happened. I guess I was too sleepy. 
Okay, but that is a way to show love. Now, some people believe that love is a feeling only. Well, you do feel love, but that's not the right definition of love. Because sometimes, for instance, sometimes you, don't, you feel like, oh, I'm mad at somebody, right? But does that stop the love that you feel for this person? Hopefully not. No, it doesn't. All right, so according to the Bible, love... Love is the greatest, the greatest virtue. Oh boy, I say virtue. I need to define that word. <laughs> so, love is not only a feeling, but love is something very special. Okay? And love is the chief fruit of the Holy Spirit working in and through our lives. Those are big words, I know. Okay? So, God is the source of all true, giving, ongoing love. God God's love for us is fully expressed through His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, that is very important, okay, because that's how God shows us His love through His Son. You know how? Let me ask you this question. If somebody gave you a gift, what kind of gift would you like to receive if somebody gave you a gift? What kind of gift would you like to have? No, you, you don't know yet. No. You don't want gifts. Okay, she doesn't want any gifts. You... How about you? What do you want for Christmas? Uh, Tortillas and beans? No. <laughs> and a wallet. A what? A wallet. A wallet. This guy wants a wallet. <laughs> How about you? What do you want for Christmas? I don't know. You don't know yet. Think about it. You're my friend. No problem. Oh, this, this guy is smart, okay. Candy. <laughs> Candy, how about I you? don't know. You don't know yet, think about it. Nothing? You don't know anything. Anthony, you got to go, bro. How about you? A picture Bible. Ooh, John. Okay, he wants another one. How about you, Dominic? Dominic. What did he say? He said Paw Patrol. Ooh, Paw Patrol, bro. Yeah, you need to get that one. How about you, my friend? Uh, a toy truck. A what? A toy truck. A toy truck. Okay, good, good. So, okay, can you imagine if, if somebody gave you those gifts that you want, but are not only one or two, a ton of them, a hundred, a hundred of them, so many toys, you would be like, whoa, that is so fun, right? You would think that is translating into a lot of love for you. You know what the highest expression of love is? You know? No? I mean, we, we, share, we, we show love through words sometimes. Do your parents tell you that they love you? Yes. yes, they do. Oh, that's awesome. That's a way to show love. Another way would be like, for instance, do they give you food every single day? Yes. They just, they, yes. Okay, how about clothing? Or toys? Or sometimes you go on a trip. That's because they love you. But you know what the highest expression of love is? Is to give your life for someone else. Can you imagine? You're giving up everything you are for this person. Would you guys do it? It is hard. But you know somebody did. You know his name? 
Jesus. Jesus loves us so much, so, so, so much, that he didn't only love you with his mouth, telling you through the Bible from the very beginning till the very end, he's always telling us, I love you, I love you, I love you. So he not only did that, but he gave his life for us. Okay, because all of us, it doesn't matter the age, it doesn't matter how tall you are, okay, or the color of the skin, it doesn't matter. All of us have sinned against God. And the only way that we could have been saved from that is through Jesus. That's why he gave his life for us. Now, this is one thing that I want you to remember, kids. No matter what you do, no matter where you go, if you make mistakes or whatever, God loves you so, so much because he gave his life for you. You know why? So you can have a relationship with God. And remember that the Bible says that God is love. So by getting to know the Lord, you get to experience the real love. You get to experience God. So if you're going to get one thing out of this lesson right now is that Jesus loves you because he died for you. Good? Good. Good. Okay. You can go sit down now. Thank you, Ali, for sharing a lesson with the children and for uh, praise team. That was a great uh, time of praise and worship. Thank you for everybody that that shared during that time. It's good to have you all here this morning. Welcome to each one of you. It, uh, it's feeling like winter. I don't know. Is it time to pull out the Christmas decorations yet? It's uh, kind of feeling that way. So uh, it's good to have you all here this morning. Um, announcements are pretty much as normal. We have a meal following the service. We do have our... Uh, Breaking of Bread communion service today. Um, that'll be uh, taking place uh, after uh, Brother Dave was, is going to uh, share the word with us, and then after that, Phil will, will lead our uh, communion service. Um, Carrie shared a little bit about Dwayne, but at the risk of embarrassing him, I'm going to talk about him too. <laughs> so you've, you've heard a little bit of of what uh, Dwayne has went through in the last couple of weeks. But and one thing that's uh, has really blessed me and was a testimony in, in, in my life, um, just of seeing what, what the Lord can do. A number of weeks ago, I don't know, a month or maybe even a little more ago, uh, Dwayne came to the ministry team and he said, I need you guys to pray for me. And this is what's happening in my life. And I can't do it by myself. We gathered around him and we prayed for him. And God did something special in that, in that meeting. And I, I saw a strength in Dwayne when we left that meeting and a confidence in, in God. And, you know, we prayed that God would work a miracle. And we didn't know how God was going to do it. God could have healed that old liver. He could have. But he chose multiple other ways to perform a miracle, and you heard about that uh, this morning. I was just, everything happened so fast and was so perfect, and barely nine days 
post-liver transplant surgery, Dwayne's sitting here with us this morning. That is a miracle, and that is God answering prayer. That is God showing his faithfulness. And I know we thank God for that, but I, I believe that that is a direct result of us agreeing together in prayer and asking God for a miracle. And so I'd like if we'd continue to return thanks to God for that this morning. So um, ministry team especially and anyone else that wants to, let's gather around Dave here and let's, or Dave Dwayne, sorry. <laughs> let's, uh, let's gather around Dwayne here, um, anyone that wants to. And uh, let's thank the Lord. I'd like if we'd all just pray together. Everyone can pray together and uh, thank the Lord for uh, the miracle in our brother Dwayne's life and that God would continue to heal. He still has a road ahead of him yet, but God has proven his faithfulness so far and he's not going to change his faithfulness. So let's all pray together. Do you have have anything you want to share, Dwayne? God's grace. Amen. Amen. Let's all pray. Everyone pray together. Father, I thank you for my brother Dwayne. I thank you that your power is at work in his life. I thank you, Father, for his testimony of your grace. And I thank you for the miracle that you have worked in his life. And you choose to work in our hearts and in our lives by your grace and by your power. I pray that you continue to walk with him, continue to do a miracle in his life, continue to draw him closer to you and to give him strength spiritually and physically. Father, we just praise you. We praise you for what you have done. Amen. Thank you. God bless you, brother. Dave, since you're up here, why don't you just stay up here unless you got your stuff that you got to get there. So, uh, Brother Dave's going to share the word with us, and uh, and then after that, we'll turn it over to uh, Phil. Um, you know, come on up here, Dave, and I'll pray for you as you uh, prepare to share the word. Thank you, God, for my brother Dave. I thank you for sharing your word and your life with him, and I pray that as he shares with us this morning the words that you have put on his heart, that you would fill him with your Holy Spirit, that your words would flow forth and that they would be light and life to each one of our hearts. So just give him wisdom and uh, clarity of thought and mind as he shares your word, and we give you the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, brother. Can you hear me? Good morning to each of you. Good to be here in the house of God with you guys this morning. So this morning is something, I'm just going to share something. It's not probably going to be so much like a doctrinal teaching or anything, but more of a, hopefully it's an an inspiration to you. It's something that the Lord has kind of, I guess, been putting on my heart, my life for um, X period of time already in last probably a year or so anyhow. And some of you probably heard me talk about like uh, 
the death, the human behavior. And excuse me, but I want to try to bring this out and kind of follow me where I'm wanting to, to take this. I guess the title kind of is How to Shine Your Light for Christ. And I guess the reason is that I kind of want to bring out about the uh, personality type is so we can kind of understand uh, the different personalities and how we sometimes function even in the body of Christ or in a business or in a home, that all that kind of stuff. And it, for me, it's been probably a little over two and a half years ago that I first heard about this, and I never can get it out of my mind. And it's like, I don't know, I'm just so pray to God that someday that I can be become a certified teacher in this. I don't know. So you're kind of a, the guinea pig for me this morning. But I just see such a huge need um, with this type of thing to understand um, our personalities. And I think so many times is um, we get put into positions because of our work. It's not a God-gifted talent necessarily that you might always have, but you do your job well and you get promoted to a position that's not necessarily your gifting or your calling. So probably by the time this is all said and done, you'll be throwing me in a box somewhere. <laughs> and I guess the thing that my, my whole focus about this is, is no matter our personality, God has a calling for each of you. It doesn't matter. Just because you're more outspoken, you're more reserved, oh, I don't have the gifting, I don't have the, uh, uh, the talent, or I don't have the capability of whatever. And I've always <clears throat> heard for some time already is, it's not about your availability, it's not about your capability, but your availability. But I heard um, a conference we were at the other week is, and I like the way the lady put it, and Byler is, you know, it's not always about your capability, but your willingness. And God has a story for each of you. God is writing each and every one your book for you. So, I wish I had the board here, kind of, but if you look in disc, picture a big circle, is D-I-S-C. D, kind of, and it's kind of categorized in like a pie. You have your D, which is your dominant. I is your influence, your influential people. S is your supportive people, your, your sweet supportive people. And C is your calculus, people where they're very cautious, they're your attorneys, lawyers, bankers, you name it, and they're all about the data and stuff. I'm just going to kind of go through these things and um, to hopefully, like I said, and my, my goal is, or my message is, that hopefully that I can be inspiring to you in also how... God made us in, created each of us in our unique way. And how we can use those things to be that shining light for him. Uh, better stop there. Um, 
The D personality is someone who ranks highly in dominance is, and is identified as a D personality type is likely to be direct, assertive, independent, and decisive. They are intense competitors that thrive with ambitious goals, challenges, preferring action over analysis when they need to complete a task. When they say their opinion or ask questions, they mean business. When I heard this stuff, for so many, I think a lot of us, you know, like, I don't know really who I am. What is my purpose in life? And when I heard this, it made me literally chuckle inside. Immediately, I knew my personality. The temperament. Um, D personality will typically speak with confidently, but will be but will quick to any conversation that isn't going anywhere. Their ideas will be high-level, opinionated, and at times blunt. But usually they will have no problem understanding where they are on an issue. These are less likely to want to ease into a situation. Instead, their assertive attitudes lead them to take charge, which often before assessing the full scenario, watch out for a D-type when he's on a mission. Once a goal is in view, there is nothing or little that can stop them. However, they are open to outside perspective if they think it'll get the job done faster. And I won't go into this stuff because it's very interesting that every personality has a few um, uh, that will charge them. And there you have encouraging words and there's discouraging words. In short, D personality types are extremely competitive individuals who often take charge and prefer leadership roles. I'll just plug this in. D it's only about a 10% of the population out there, and thank God, probably so. <laughs> but these are, they have to be in control of their environment. Uh, like, they just feel like they're out of control when they don't have charge of their surroundings. Communication style. As an action, someone who tests highly in dominance will communicate as efficiently as possible. Short, business-like um, the statements are a natural way of responding or giving the instructions. Um, the deep personality views the world in broad terms and prefers and even demands to skip the details. Uh, don't expect to make small talk with a deep personality from their perspective. Light banter is a waste of time and doesn't move the conversation towards any action. D personality is focused on achievement. The most conversation will focus on results and ignore uh, the method. D personality will often overlook the strategy, logic, instead prefer to figure it out as they go. Ds are extremely objective people. They do not make decisions based on emotion. D personalities move at an extremely fast pace and enjoy physical activity. I've got a buddy of mine. I tell you what, he is a high D. I'm like, 
I'm the kind of guy, I'm a detailed guy, okay? I probably know the shoe or the clothes you had today probably and when I leave here probably. I just, that's just me. That's, I pay attention to the detail. But it used to bug me like crazy. It's like, you know, like you're trying to figure out or kind of at least give me some general idea. Um, and like at least kind of give me an idea of what I'm supposed to achieve. But, you know, oh, Dave, you're good at it. Well, blah, blah, blah. You just go at it. You figure it out as you go. And there's some truth to that. But he has really pushed me kind of to the next level and learned a lot of things from him. Um, I personality. Uh, people who are high or in, in influence or identified as I personalities often like fun. They are confident, engaging, extremely approachable. These individuals love social settings and value connecting with others. Always looking to expand their network and social circles, enjoy spending time with new people. They get excited to explore fresh ideas and begin new projects and are likely to bounce around between what they're working on. Eyes like multitask and be in, in on a lot of things at once. Some of you ready? Like, you guys are crazy. Uh, people who score highly in influence are usually informal, warm, welcoming. They have a sincere interest in the feeling of others, and many of their strengths lie in the ability to connect with others. I-type personalities are likely to enjoy being around a large group of people. They tend to work well with other opinion open-minded social people and are likely to thrive when they're part of a collaborative team. Their openness and social awareness is considered charming to those who interact with them. I guess I'm kind of going back to the uh, this thing, if I can plug this in here. You put it in, um, in, a, in a pie shape. So you have D-I-S-C. So the D-I are your extroverted people and the C and S's are your introverted if you go DC, or task-oriented people, IS are your uh, people that are about relationships. So you kind of help you understand how they're going through this a little bit. The confident I personalities exhibit are very apparent. They are outgoing, talkative people who tend to have a lot of energy. They are likely to interact positively in whatever situation they find themselves in. They are external processors, which mean they think out loud and may share the thoughts and feeling very catadently. Eyes possesses remarkable communication skills. That natural ability coupled with their focus on the people surrounding them make excellent leaders. The best way to identify a personality is to watch them to walk in a room. And I've seen that this morning. I can already pick out your personality types. And we'll kind of go on down through there. Um, communication style. They love to talk about anything, everything. They're expressive and also, and will often gesture with hand and use facial expression to convey their message. Leave lots of time for social conversation, even in a professional setting. When you're work, working with an I personality, I'd love to or brainstorm and collaborate, but will shy away from making big decisions on the spot. Although they are naturally inc incisive, but they are visual people 
who like to read through everything that was discussed first. Our personalities will work hard to maintain positive environment. Eyes will use their natural charisma and communication skills to influence others, especially in terms of seeing their perspective. Eye personalities thrive on approval and are motivated by public appreciation. Eye personalities love brainstorming and new projects and can have the tendency to make to take on too much. Sorry, the tendency to take on too much too quickly. The S is probably the, it is the largest percentage by all means of the, uh, the population in general. Um, I would kind of, and I would kind of call the S your kind of eight, your five, your blue collared people. They're very sweet, supportive. They don't like conflict. Uh, they're very dependent. Um, they're behind the scene. Um, Jemai, sorry, I mean, he's, he's an S. I've seen him out there. He's walking. He's kind of slipping real quietly and everything, and, but he's out there watching his children. And, but he's here. He makes his present. S's make their present. Uh, sorry, Preston, you probably some S here too. But people slip in the back. And I used to be very, very high S. Probably you don't recall me, but 25 years ago, even my wife says I'm not even the same individual that I was when we first first got together married. I used to I know what an S is. I still have S personality in me. Um, but anyway, um, they tend to be naturally reserved people who look for the similar, supportive, consistent, and loyal individuals in their relationships. The S type, the strength lies in their patient people skills. They are known for being sympathetic to others' perspectives, as well as having the strong, active listening abilities, which contribute to the calm, steady environment and situations they help create. Um, the qualities, the S's, Excellent in situations that call for diplomatic skills, cooperation, and judgment of characters. The S personality might wait for someone else to initiate, in, initiate a relationship. They are very dependable for maintaining relationships once they have been established. That being said, they, since they prefer investing heavily in a small group of people, their circles of friends are typically small and ex- extremely tight-knit. They may also invest a great deal of time in getting to know their co-workers. S's are fiercely loyal and work hard to keep close relationships with the people they have come to value over time. Their temperament, their calm, who employ intention into all of their words and actions. Uh, they are patient and kind in their responses and are quite thoughtful in all that they do. They tend to have positive attitude and natural gentle. S's, S-type can be open to new people and new surroundings, but need time to assess the situation and adapt. These reserve, their reserve, the nature can be misinterpreted as cold, something that the S's 
have to deal a lot of time with to overcome. Um, they're very uh, steady in everything they do um, uh, without outside in- interruption and will take uh, steadfastly resist changing conflict. Uh, S personalities ba- balance out the more outgoing types and support those who are more analytical. They are the true supporters among us. You're starting to make, um, probably you're starting out like, oh, so-and-so individual, so-and-so already. And you can start kind of seeing people's giftings and their talents and stuff. Um, S personalities are often soft-spoken. Their reserved qualities can often come across as formal, especially in the writing. Important. It's important not to overwhelm or come too strong in the first couple of interactions with an S personality. They prefer to build trust, warmth through more meaningful conversation. It is important to note when working with an S personality because of more efficient types may overlook the need for personal anecdotes in small talk and rush right into the crux of an issue. When communicating with S-type personalities, focus on using friendly language and warm approach. Well, this is also very helpful for me because of what I deal with in public and stuff is learning how to respond to individuals. And like a D, I mean, he wants to get the job done. So I do sales for Paul Barnes. They want a number. They have got the facts. They already have it. They have it in their head. They know what they want. S like... Oh, Dave, I don't know what I want. Can you help me? It's like, you know, it's like, I just not, I, I, I know I'm needing a barn, but I'm not sure what, you know, and, and, and this is an S. And so you have to very come, have to have an open ear to listen. And, and S does this very well is to listen. Um, they're ex- extremely respectful of their co-workers' space and very rarely interrupt anyone to insert their ideas. As personalities love to strategize and will often shy away from abstract work in favor of a methodical course of action. They're very supportive of others' thoughts, feelings, and ideas. And we got the the C. Like I said, they're extremely. Um, um, they like their data. They have it's all about facts. They usually don't have. They come across very. Uh, don't have a whole lot of emotion, and uh, they're usually uh, C's are intensely skeptical. Use logic to objectively make decisions rather than being swayed by emotions. Uh, the strength are likely to lie in their ability to think through their decisions. If the data informs new logic, the C personality is capable of being flexible and changing their minds quickly. Their ability to think deeply about issues helps make each C type a great problem solver. And we have a couple of those in here. They are often inventors seek accurate solutions to the problem and project that are being entrusted to. Because they're observant, they're kind of their their natural uh, gifting to be observant, they're likely to ask a lot of questions and seek clear answer. They often prefer to work alone rather than in a group. 
they tend to work well with someone who is able to respond to questions in detail. Support claims with evidence and is a natural problem solver. They may enjoy being a part of a team that gives them uh, autonomy while helping to resolve problems with logic and accuracy. Uh, The temperament or reserve autonomous people used to prefer to work independently for long periods focused on work than rather than multitasking they enjoy long thoughtful conversation about subjects uh, C personality is commonly marked by the steady uh, yeah in their, in their demeanor which can be seen like a very robotic at times, C's make connections with the people around them by finding common interests that can be discussed in detailed, in-depth discussion. They're very, they very rarely offer personal anecdotes unprompted. Uh, the C personality extremely objective and might not use much infection in their natural speech. They can seem dry and distant until promoted by a like-minded interest or idea. They enjoy long, thorough analysts, or thorough analysts, but will avoid small talk because it makes them uncomfortable most of the time. Because of the amount of time a C personality spends analyzing details, they often they can often seem pessimistic. This isn't necessarily true. But to a C personality, facts are facts. They're usually the black and white people. It's hard to argue with this kind of data-driven logic. Um, C personality will use facts and analytical logic to explain nearly every situation in life. C types tend to be concerned with facts, figures, accuracy. C t- C personalities are likely to ask a lot of questions, and they're excellent at creating enforcing rules. They can be counted on to ignore distractions and be on track. Well, that's kind of your your C type. And it's very interesting how true this is. Uh, So a friend of mine that teaches this, true happening, he divided every every, uh, uh, personality up in their groups. So you have a table here, and you get a roll of tape, paper, and you had uh, X amount, I forget the amount of bottles of water. And they were to create a bridge between the two tables that would carry the water, the weight that he had given, to, assigned to each group. So you got the D, I, S, and C's, okay? The D's, and you're, and you're timed, you're timed. It's very interesting. The D's, they don't care about detail. Just get at it. Let's get her done. Well, the D's started building his bridge, uglier than snot. Had it done in no time, but it worked. The eyes, though you're influential, brainstorming, yada, yada, they're starting to build this bridge. Oh, it looks like a giraffe's neck. Then he starts going up, you know, you're just coming up with these wild ideas. Well, they're the number two to come into play as far as timing. The S's, your sweet, supportive people, do not like to take charge. Nobody wants to take charge. They literally, literally go over in the D group, get a D, 
to give them a plan of how to do this. They finished it in time. The seas are sitting there engineering this bridge and never even got started. <laughs> very, very interesting. But I say all of this kind of in, and if you look in, in the scriptures, even Peter, the little explanation that I gave about personality, you look at Peter. I mean, he was like a very outgoing, very outspoken individual. And then you have like Timothy, and he's very quiet. And God can use each of you with your personality. Some people, uh, and again, like what makes me think of all this stuff, some of the conferences I've been to, you know, you have these speakers that are kind of more known on a universal or a national level, that type of thing is. And so many times in our society, in our culture, so many times is you look it up at someone, you want to be a Tim Tebow, like, oh, man, I can't ever attain that, or yada, yada, or I can't attain this, I can't attain that. And so our society has made us feel like we're not anything really, you know, like you have to achieve a certain level, whatever. That's man. That's man. And so God has um, given each of you a talent in, in a gifting in a very unique way. So some of the verses about being unique, we are all created unique and special. God is the potter, we are the clay. He made us all perfect, having our own uniqueness. Um, some of you got blue eyes, some of you got brown eyes, some of you are right-handed, some of you are left-handed. I don't know why, but that's the way God made you. Um, and you were made for a purpose. God has a plan for each of us, and we are all an individual member of the body of Christ. You are a masterpiece. And I know for me, for many, many years, uh, and I still don't think we all do, we, we kind of fight with the thought, what is my purpose, what is my uh what is my purpose in life? What has God put me here on earth for? Uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's when we find ourselves in Christ and have that willing heart to be able to share your story to uh, encourage others. Um, the conference we were at, for example... Nick, I forget his last name, I don't even want to try to pronounce it, one guy with the no limbs. You know, he was very discouraged. He said, life without limbs sucks. It's very difficult. It sucks. But he has chosen to accept himself when he accepted Christ, realizing he had a purpose, and um, to be able to reach out to to people. And it was amazing. It was amazing. Like It was an um, it was very interesting at this conference how many individuals that were there that were handicapped in a wheelchair and stuff. But seeing their spirits, I mean, on their faces, it was incredible. And uh, But anyway, um, 
yeah, I'm not really wanting to contradict with what was shared last week, and I truly believe God gives individuals giftings for healing, teaching, preaching, prophesying. But at the same time, I think God also allows Nick, uh, I have a brother that lost uh, a leg here some years ago, the encouragement, being able to reach other people at that level um, and to be able to accept yourself for who you are and realizing um, you're sharing your testimony, you're sharing your story. Um, sometimes it might seem kind of, I'm not sure what the wording is, but it just... It's like, really, is this for me or not? You know, kind of thing. Look in Psalm 39, or Psalms 139, 13 and 14. You alone created my inner being. You knitted me together inside my mother. I will give thanks to you because I have been so amazingly and miraculously made. Your works are miraculous and my soul is fully aware of this. So God knew you even before you were even made. Second or First Peter two nine. However, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy no, a holy nation, people who belong to God. You were chosen to tell about the excellent qualities of God. He called you out of darkness into His marvelous marvelous light. And when it says to tell, and this is kind of where you were chosen to tell about the excellent qualities of God. Everybody has a personality to tell someone else that might be of your personality. And thank God we don't all have the same personality. God sees you for who you are. It doesn't matter your personality. He, he knows all of these things. Uh, Psalm 119, 73 and 74. You made me. You created me. Now give me the sense to follow your commands. May all, you, may all who fear you Find me in a cause for joy, for I have put you, sorry, for I have put my hope in your word. Isaiah 64, 8. Yet you, Lord, are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are the, all the work of your hand. God knew you beforehand. Um... Matthew 10, 29 to 31. What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. My wife's trying to change that for me. She's like, honey, can I buy you some pills to grow some more hair again? But evidently, he's got the, the numbers of my hair. Uh, 
Jeremiah 1:45. The Lord gave me this message. I know you before I form you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I think that's a promise for all of us. Um, because so many times, like, what is my future? God is looking over you. And I like with what Tim shared this morning, too, is, uh, and I guess for me, from my experience, is I was an S. I'm, you're an S, Tim. You're an S. And I mean, it's just like, um, I don't like to get pushed out of my comfort zone. And I don't like using the word comfort zone because it puts too many, it like puts this, I don't want to get out of my comfort zone, you know, kind of thing. Um, but it creates when, for example, that you're, you're able to see God move and use you in certain way that we never expected is sometimes when the Israelites cross the Red Sea, it's just putting that foot in that water and how your water's parted for them. And, you know, so many times is, to me, that's where faith comes in. I, I'm not about this. I'm just telling you right now. Oh, Lord, you know, it's like, you know, we're going to trust in you and you're sitting here in your easy chair. For me, true, true faith is, is for you to actually put your foot across that line and then you're trusting God that he will take care of you. Uh, to me, that's true, true faith. Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared, prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Psalm 139.16, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. First Peter uh, 4, 10 and 11. God has given each of you a gift, each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God and Jesus Christ, all power and all glory and power to him forever and ever. See, it's not about our capabilities. It's about him. And I think so many times is, what this is my perspective on it, is individuals or whoever, when you don't feel like you have that capability, but you have that willing heart, it just, God gets so much more glory because it's like, well, how can that individual do so-and-so? It's like, it's a miraculous thing. It's God working through you. 
kind of a reminder. Uh, Psalm 139, 2-4. You know when I sit down or when I get up, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I'm at home resting. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. Genesis 1, 27. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Oh. How to shine your light for Christ. It looks like I need to keep moving here. What does it mean to shine? What does it mean to shine? And I guess this is kind of something that um, I feel like the Lord is being put on my heart. I don't necessarily be faithful in the little things. You don't need to go to Denver, Colorado, to Atlanta, Chicago, and get up on these platforms to be the shining light. You can be it in your youth group. You can be it at Redeemed Community Church. You can be it in Greeley, Colorado, wherever it is. Um, do all things without grumbling and disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as light in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. And again, and again, I guess for me, I just see with being in kind of working with public stuff, I see it in in friends, I see it in churches. I mean, I, I just see it all over where you kind of get this, people are just, they're nice, but you hear this blah, 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 blah kind of thing. You know, it's about the government, it's always this and that. Yes, do we have her up and now? By all means, 100%. Um, but is, and I guess encouragement for me, and I want to give you this inspiration and encouragement to be that shining light, to be a positive change wherever you are. In the Gospel of John, Jesus called the true light, which gives light to everyone. Um, Throughout the New Testament, the followers of Jesus Christ were called to be light in darkness. So what does it mean to shine? We're definitely being, we're in a culture where there's a lot of lies, hate, confusions. But God tells us to cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Romans 13, 12, while others are chasing after physical pleasures and selfish gain, we're commanded to live a different way, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Putting yourself out there. Let, Jesus said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good work and glorify your Father in heaven. It's not about you. It's not about your works. It's about Christ through you 
that he can um, that they can glorify your father. Um, whether you're timid or outgoing, you're called to be a light to the people around you. That's only possible if you're taking time to interact with people and cultivate relationship. If you're the shy type, and here's uh, where was this at? Uh, Question, I admit I'm a very shy, if this is you, I'm just saying, very much part of me yet sometimes to, I admit I'm a very shy person and find it hard to reach out to people I know are hurting and try to help them, although I know I should. How can I overcome this or how does God expect me to? There again is, you see people all around you with great need. I mean, if it's in a physical sense or there's a lot of, because uh, when I was kind of sh- sharing earlier, people are lonely, discouraged, broken relationships, um, worry about the future, all of these things. And yes, God wants to help each of them. We are to carry in each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. That is the law of love. It's not, it isn't always easy, and sometimes it may involve inconvenience and heartache on our part. But just as Christ left heaven's glory to suffer on the cross for us, so our salvation, he so called, called us to go out and serve others in his name. And I'll just plug this in, too, is we are to carry each other's burden, but at the same time is, I'm a firm believer is you can give a man a fish to eat and tomorrow and the next day or you can teach him how to fish, you know, for life. Um, when you're that shy person, does it mean you have to change your personality before God can use you? Absolutely not. God can use you. Doesn't matter your personality. If you're introvert, extrovert, relationship, task-oriented, there is a calling for all. God knows how you're like, what you're like, and he can use you how you are, what you are. Just have to have that willing heart. So how exactly do you shine? There's a couple things. Is, uh, be careful what you say. Consider your entertainment. Use social media wisely. People are watching. People are really watching. You know, so many times um, you're in public setting. We can put on a good front. I've been there, done that. Um, we can hide a lot of a lot of ugly stuff behind here. And um, I'll say I lost my track. Um, but yeah. But I guess what I'm, oh, what I'm getting to is I feel like our workplace, and especially in our American society, there is hardly, yes, we all have a calling, but the workplace is a, a wonderful, wonderful place. To me, that is some of the brightest lights that you can let your shine for. 
um, because there's so many corrupt just business dealings and stuff and people being honest and a willingness to help and to be thoughtful of others. Um, think of others as one to uh, just to consider other people's needs and being able to help them. Um, that's another thing. We've become so independently um, paralyzed, I guess, uh, where you see something and we're, we're just so busy. We're so busy. And uh, we're just like, here, here, here's a 10, here's a 20, you know. And, and it, it, all, it all has its place at its proper and given time. But, you know, so many times they just give that word of encouragement um, just to, to those around us and stuff. So, again, um, yeah, um, no matter your personality, hopefully uh, this is an inspiration to you as it's been for me, is we kind of get this caught up in our in life that you, you, we tend to lose our focus in our, our, what our purpose is in life. God has given me life. He's given me a healthy body. I know why it took 45 years, 47 years. Uh, but is, Lord has given you health. Let's get active. Let's be that light and inspiration. Really, Colorado, wherever you might be, Thanks for your time. But whenever a man turns to the Lord, something happens. What has happened to you when you've turned to the Lord? This is what happens to all of us. But whenever a man turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. The natural veil begins to go away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You're free to change. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, And have put on the new self, who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. I'm so glad for this truth, aren't you? It is good to recognize, and thank you, Brother Dave, for sharing this truth with us. It is good to recognize how God created us naturally. But our inner man, once we're born again, we don't stay the way we have been created. The glory of the Lord appears, and when you and I turn and open up our hearts to Christ, He changes us. And He changes us body, soul, and spirit. The natural man left to himself is death. But the spiritual man is life and peace. So I'm just, I'm thrilled that God has created each one of us uniquely. But I'm more thrilled to fellowship with those who are born of the spirit, 
we're constantly being changed from one week to another. I don't know about you, but I'm not the same Phil I was last week. Dwayne here isn't either, are you, Dwayne? Nope, not at all. What's different about you? Everything. Everything. Well, he, one thing is for sure, he doesn't have the same liver he did have. God changed him physically that way, but much more than that. The physical mercy the Lord has has changed his inner man in many ways and will continue to change us from glory to glory. So don't let Satan, don't let Satan put you into a place in your life and convince you this is just who you are and you can't help yourself. Without Christ, that's true. With Christ, it's a lie. All things are possible with Jesus Christ. And one thing's for sure, he excels in changing people, transforming us into his nature. That's the hope of the message today. Well, today I rejoice along with the Lord Jesus in John chapter 13. Jesus said to the disciples, it's recorded there to us that Jesus came to this Passover dinner with his disciples. And I love how Jesus says it. He says, I have really been looking forward to this. I'm paraphrasing it. It is with much joy that I'm looking forward to having this dinner with you. And I'm looking forward to today. I hope you are as well. If Jesus is transforming you, then you are. And I want you to just come to the Lord as you are, but feeling and opening up your heart to this joy that he has in waiting to share his life with you. That's what I come to the Lord for. Not only to celebrate what he's done, but to celebrate what he's going to do in you and I. And as we come to the communion, breaking a bread table together, if the Lord has done this work of transforming your life, and you're born again of the Holy Spirit, and he's continuing to transform your life, and we invite you together to share this bread and break this bread with us and to, to celebrate the Lord's death and resurrection. We as a church do not believe that this is for children, young children who are not yet at the point of they, where they have surrendered their will to Jesus Christ and have received the Holy Spirit into their heart. We do believe that children are saved in Christ Jesus by his finished work on the cross. However, there comes a time of where that salvation needs to turn into an act of faith, a personal faith in their heart. And that's when a person is born again. Disobedience is an act of faith, and it is for those who have already and are walking in faith with Jesus Christ. And so we want you, each one of you who who participate in this to let it be an act of faith 
something that's real. It's a testimony of saying, Amen, Lord, you've done this for me, and you are doing it in my life. And so we uh, just wanted to set that clear before you, that we do believe it is an act of faith, and therefore it is for those who are born again by the Spirit of God and are walking with Jesus Christ. And if that is your uh, experience, then please do come and participate this in joining us with this um, this fellowship of Jesus Christ. Uh, I um, also wanted to just share that a, a couple of the practical things. Uh, what we do is we are going to open these doors back here. And there'll be a loaf of a couple loaves of bread there, and there'll be some grape juice, and some of the deacons will go ahead and pour this into the cups and have it there for you. I we want to invite you to go get a cup of uh, grape juice and break off a piece of bread, and then bring it back to your seat, and just wait until we all have, and then we'll pray together and we'll eat the bread together, and then we'll wait again, and we'll. Pray again and thank the Lord for his precious blood, and then we'll drink the grape juice together. So when you go and take, come back to your seat and just wait for everyone to have through, and then one of the brothers will pray and thank the Lord. We see this as, a, as an act of unity in Christ. When Jesus was there at the Last Supper, if you read through the, all of the Gospels who record this, but especially the Gospel of John in John chapter 13, Jesus himself served them, and he, he broke it together with them. And the other aspect that I, I want to encourage you with is look for someone to serve. Some of you seniors who maybe uh, may not be able to as easily go back there will gladly serve you. And so if this is uh, the Lord leads you in this way, you can go and break up. A piece of bread and bring a, a cup and give it to someone else. And so fellowship together. It is an act of sharing together as the body of Christ. And Jesus said in John 13, happy are you if you do as I have done unto you. What, did he had, what had he just got done doing? Can someone tell me? When he said those words. Yes. He washed their feet. And washing their feet was the job of the lowest slave in the house. That was like the slave who, when you were the last slave to come into the house, if you, once you got to the kitchen, that was an elevated position for a slave. But you started at the door, washing all their dirty feet of everyone who came in. And in those days, they mostly wore sandals, and their feet were very dirty. And Jesus says, if I then, your Lord and Master, have done this to you, should you not also do that to one another? Look for the dirty jobs. Look for the lowest job and serve someone that way if they have that need. And Jesus says in another place, if you do this unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. He takes it personally. So, um, in Matthew, I'll just read these scriptures and then we'll go into the communion.
In Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. And while they were eating bread, and while they were eating, Jesus took some bread, and after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. That's what we have to look forward to. There's a day when we'll drink it new with Jesus. So, as we do this in fellowship with the Lord Jesus, think about his covenant with you and the promise that he's made of eternal life and fellowship together in that love. Let's pray. Father, we come to you, and I thank you for your good, kind, loving salvation. It is good. And it is the kindest act you could have given to mankind. And it is a great salvation. You have saved us, Lord. You have removed all of our sins as far as the east is from the west. And we stand before you blameless with exceeding joy. Oh, Father, I pray for every soul in here tonight, today, this morning, as, as we come and participate of this, that you would fill our hearts with the joy that is in your heart as you look upon us and as you pour out your spirit, that spirit of covenant love into each one of our souls again today, to each one of our spirits, draw us near to you. And be exalted. Take great joy as we celebrate this great salvation you've given to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, perhaps if anyone has a song uh, that comes to your mind, you can go ahead and just lead out in it. Or maybe Anthony has a, has a hymn or something you can lead us into. But if anyone does, go ahead, and then we'll go ahead and help ourselves back here.
celebration of 